Today we're going to talk about getting ready to meet Jesus. Are we ready to meet him? Because we're at that place for us to look very closely about where we stand, who we are, what's happening, and what's going on. Now let me say this up front. As the Lord was giving this message and as I began to read it and go over it, I thought, this is a strange message. That's what I said to the Lord. And he said, there are people in the congregation and around the world who need to hear this message today so that spots and wrinkles can be removed and they are ready to meet me. It is that close, and you will help them see it with this message. So today the Lord wants us to look at several things. He said he was coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Now, a lot of us have had a lot of spots and a tremendous amount of wrinkles. Thank God he's in the dry cleaning business, and his iron must be enormous. Look at what the word of the Lord says in Hebrews. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never, never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all his children, it means that you are illegitimate, and you are not really his children at all. Throughout the scripture, men and women whom God chose to use experienced his discipline as well as his anointing. The two go together. So by God's design, it's inseparable to take away anointing and discipline. They, they just go together. And one of God's disciplines is to simply use the word no. Every Bible hero that you know anything about, all of them have all had to experience a no in their lives. Moses is a very good example in Deuteronomy 32. Go to Moab, to the mountains east of the river, and climb Mount Nebo which is across from Jericho, look out across the land of Canaan, the land I'm giving to the people of Israel as their own special possession. Then you will die there on the mountain. You will join your ancestors just as Aaron, your brother, died on Mount Hor and join his ancestors. For both of you betrayed me with the Israelites at the water of Meribah, at Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin, you failed to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel there. So you will see the land from a distance, but you may not enter the land that I'm giving to the people of Israel. Now Moses knew that this word was coming because the Lord told him earlier in Deuteronomy, the time has come for you to die. In preparation for that, Moses had commissioned Joshua to renewed the covenant, and blessed each of the tribes by name. Can you even imagine what this great saint of God must have been thinking? 
Maybe halfway up the mountain, Moses took a little break because he was 120 years old. Maybe when he sat down for a brief rest, maybe he said in his heart, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry I struck that rock twice. I'm sorry I disobeyed you in my frustration. You're altogether right. You have the right to prevent me from entering the promised land. And I really do understand why you said no. Once Moses reached the top of Mount Nemo, there the Lord showed him the whole land. And he said to Moses in Deuteronomy 34, Then the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I said, I will give it to your descendants, I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. Now, some commentators have suggested that God was harsh in refusing to allow Moses to enter the promised land. There's one thing that those commentators forgot. They forgot a very important principle that Jesus talked about in Luke 12. But someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Moses didn't know at the time, but his ministry actually foreshadowed a greater deliverance that was about to come when the Lord Jesus Christ himself came. And he came to accomplish redemption for you and for me. As a principle here of the highest importance in the eyes of God, a principle that the prophet Samuel thoroughly understood, people still forget it. Shortly after being anointed king, you remember Saul was told to completely destroy the Amalekites to wipe them all out, but Saul disobeyed the Lord. He kept the Amalekite king alive, if you remember. Samuel, upon reaching the place of sacrifice, said to Saul, 1 Samuel 15, Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Saul protested and tried to defend himself. In other words, he tried to lie about the whole thing, as you see in 1 Samuel, as we continue. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offering, Saul, <laughs> and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. And stubbornness is bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord... He's rejected you. You will not be king. So we, you and I gen, uh, generally tend to have a negative attitude when we hear no. And when God says no, we feel like he's put a roadblock in the path we wanted to take. And we often find a way to work around it. And most of the time, we don't even go back to ask him. No, don't do that. No, don't go there. No, have integrity. If they say, don't do this, whomever you're working for, 
And they say, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't put a curse on you. Don't curse your life and then beg me to bless your life. Now, we've all been in a place where we try to sneak around whatever God said. And we try to deal with God's no some kind of way. We justify it, in other words. We justify while we can still do what he said don't do. And usually it's because we don't talk about what he said don't do. That's normal for us. We tell ourselves foolish things like, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Or, this is a good one, God knows my heart. He understands me. And me and him, we're tight. Oh, he understands all right. Let's get that straight. He clearly understands that you're justifying what you know you should not be doing. That's what he understands. We've all been there. So Moses, Saul, remember Saul was just, you know, Saul went on in the kind of detail why he didn't kill the king. I mean, he even saved some of the best sheep. You remember that story? You know, he, I, we didn't talk about all that he did. Church, our God is the almighty creator, infinite in knowledge, power, and ability. Nothing is beyond his power. Nothing is beyond his reach. Nothing is beyond his knowledge. We're talking about getting ready to meet the Lord. And the things that may have happened in our life that we didn't like. Things that we quit talking to God about because we didn't like it and we scared what he might say. Things that we've not ever really forgiven him for. In other words, we blame him. Things that, you know, it, they just didn't do like we had in mind. And yet, down inside of us, we knew that wasn't the thing to do. We knew that wasn't the thing to go. And as a result of it, we've made horrible mistakes. There's not a person in here that hasn't walked that path. And the Lord is trying to help us because we're about to hit some things we're going to have to pay real close attention to. The Lord is trying to say, take care of these things. Bring them to me. Repent. Have a repentant heart. I know you. I love you. I'm not going to, you know, take your sins and wave them all over the world out here or destroy your life because you made some bad decisions and this, that, and the other. I'm not going to do anything like that. I want you down on the inside free. I want you clean. I want you not to be afraid to come in my presence. I want you to know that yesterday can be forgiven and a new plate given and a new walk with God can begin the moment you begin to repent. I will never, ever bring it up to you again. And we can start over this very moment. What moment? Now, right now. And we can walk out of here 
instead of hoping people will never know, how can they know something that doesn't exist? Because it will be wiped forever from my books. And your life will begin to prosper. And you'll be stunned at how free you will be when you find yourself on God's side.